The portion of God's word that we'll focus our attention on together for a few minutes this morning, even though we're not together in person, comes from John chapter 8. We'll begin at verse 46. Jesus says to his opponents, the Pharisees, Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus. But I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. I tell you the truth, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. At this, the Jews exclaimed, Now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that if anyone keeps your word, he will never taste death? Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day he saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, the Jews said to him, and you have seen Abraham? I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself slipping away from the temple grounds. This is the word of our God. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A few weeks ago, two weeks ago, the last time that we were able to gather here together at Mount Olive, we took some precautions, you might remember. Uh, the governor's ban on gatherings was not in place yet. We were still able to gather legally. But we still took some precautions out of love for our brothers and sisters who, who might be more susceptible to this virus. We, we made some changes. We had hand sanitizer all over the, the building. We wiped down the pews with disinfecting wipes before the service. We, we made changes like we didn't shake hands. We didn't pass the offering plates up and down the pews. We didn't pass the worship registers around. We even made some changes as to how we distribute the, the Lord's Supper. And with good reason. We did those things out of love 
for each other out of love for our, our neighbor, not wanting to, to spread a, a disease that can be deadly. A lot of the changes that are being made in our society, the, 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 the changes that the government is recommending or even commanding, we can look at these all and say these are all love for our neighbor. But there can be another reason that these changes are made. It is very possible that people would make these changes simply because they're afraid, simply because they're afraid of what they might lose. Afraid of losing something in this life, afraid of losing this life. It is possible that people would make these changes simply because they're afraid of death and that's possible for you and it's possible for me. Possible to, to be afraid of death itself. You know that many people in this world today are afraid. They're afraid of what they might lose. But you and I are different. As Christians, we don't make the changes that we make. We don't obey the government simply because we're afraid of dying. We're not afraid of dying. We're not afraid of dying because we know what the scriptures tell us about Jesus and who he is. He's God's promised Messiah, the I am God, the same one who, who spoke to Moses. Come to save his people from their sins. Come to rescue you and me from sins which lead to death, to pay for our sins with his innocent sacrifice, as we heard in our second reading, so that our, constant, our consciences could be cleansed from the acts that lead to death. This is why Jesus came to free us from our fear of death. And so no, we're, we're not doing this today because we're afraid of dying. No, we're doing this today because we respect our government, because we love our neighbor. But surely not because we're afraid of death. Two weeks ago, when we gathered here, we heard Jesus' opponents, the Pharisees, attack him with an accusation that he, he was driving out demons by the power of Satan, so they thought. They were basically saying, the only reason you're able to do this is because Satan is giving you the power to do this. You're not from God. You're not on God's team. You're on Satan's team. I'm not going to preach that whole sermon over to you again, but, but in short, Jesus forced them to consider that the reason they thought he was from Satan the reason they hated him and wanted him dead was actually because they were in Satan's kingdom. They thought they were in God's kingdom. They thought they were servants of the one true God, but in fact, they were servants of the devil. That They were following his lies. And now, a little while later, Jesus is again having a very similar conversation with these these Pharisees. They're convinced that, that he is from Satan. Jesus begins by, by saying to them, Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Think of how intense that attack is. Once again, just like we heard two weeks ago, Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, the problem here is not that I'm from Satan, it's that you're in his kingdom. 
If you belonged to God, you would hear God's word. You would listen to what God says. But the fact that you don't listen to God's word is proof that you don't belong to God. That is an incredible insult, especially for these men who thought of themselves as the spiritual fathers of the Israelite people, the ones who were tasked with the important responsibility of shepherding God's people through this life. Of course they think that they belong to God. They're a part of the chosen nation. They're God's chosen people. And yet Jesus right here says to them, the reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. And of course that sets them off. Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? Jesus starts to defend himself. He begins by defending his own person. He says, I am not possessed by a demon. But, but he doesn't just keep defending himself over and over and over again. He, he next defends the source of his teaching. He says, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. So the Pharisees attack Jesus. He defends himself. He defends the source of his teaching. But then finally, he, he stops defending himself. He stops defending even the source of his teaching, even his Father. He simply defends the word, the word of God that these Pharisees had, the word of God that these Pharisees were supposed to be experts in, he simply defends the word. I tell you the truth. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. And this is where the Pharisees think they've really got Jesus. Jesus is claiming that his word is God's word and that if anyone keeps his word, they will never taste death. And the Pharisees say, look at Abraham. Look at Isaac. Look at the prophets. They believed God's word. They all died, Jesus. What do you have to say about that? Now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets. Yet you say that if anyone keeps your word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? They're convinced. They have Jesus trapped. Abraham died. The prophets died. You're wrong, Jesus. But by simply defending God's word, Jesus proves how wrong they were. I want you to open up again to, to Exodus chapter 3. 3. It was our, our first reading just a few minutes ago. Um, in that section of, of Moses and the burning bush, God introduces himself to Moses. In, in verse 6, he says to Moses, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. A few verses later, after Moses was, was doubting and, and wondering, if the Israelites ask me who sent me to them, who do I tell them? This is what God says. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Say to the Israelites, the Lord, 
the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Think about that. When God refers to himself as the I am God, specifically, when he introduces himself and says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had been dead for hundreds of years. They had been with God in heaven for centuries. God could have said, I was the God of Abraham. I was the God of Isaac. I was the God of Jacob. No, no, no. He says, I am right now. And so right away we know that when Jesus says, anyone who keeps my word will never see death, he's not talking about physical death. Abraham did die. The the Pharisees were right. His body stopped working. He believed God's word. Same thing with Isaac and Jacob. And if Jesus doesn't return first, you and I will die. We will taste physical death but not spiritual death, not death in hell. The moment we die here, we're with God. He continues to be our God, just as he continues to be Abraham, Isaac's, and Jacob's God. To this day, he is Abraham's God. And Abraham died almost 2,000 years ago. This helps us to understand the, the heart of the Pharisees' true issue. They were afraid. They were afraid of losing everything they had. That's why they hated Jesus. Jesus was a threat to their power. He was a threat to their role in Jewish society. But do you know what else was a threat to their role? Do you know what else was a threat to their leadership? Death. If they died, their string of power would be over. If they died, everything they feared losing would be lost. These, these Pharisees are afraid of losing everything. They're afraid of dying, and, and so they hate Jesus because he teaches something different. This is something we can relate to right now. During this crazy time in world history, There's a lot of blessings in our lives. God has given us so much and so much of it. It's all blessings. But like any blessings, we can turn those blessings into bad things. We can turn them into idols. We can crave them instead of the creator himself, the one who gave the blessings to us. And now in this difficult time, God has essentially removed so much of these blessings from our lives. For those of us who, who, who get our identity in our jobs, in our vocations, a lot of that has been removed temporarily. The different roles that God has given us in this life, many are unable to go to work right now. For those of us who, who receive satisfaction from social gatherings and opportunities to 
to take our children here and take them there and do this and, and do that. All of a sudden, so much of this has been removed from our lives. The things that we enjoy to, to watch, the things that we enjoy doing, the places we like going, the, the restaurants, the beaches, the vacations, so much of it has been removed. Are you afraid of losing it forever? What if you never do get your job back? What if your kids miss that all-important window to become superstars in sports? What if the world never gets back to the way it once was? Are you afraid of losing all that? And if you are, if you're afraid of losing everything that we've been given in this life, what happens if you die tomorrow? What happens if you fall victim to this virus. Are you afraid of, of dying? Are you afraid of everything in this life the way you used to know it? Are you afraid of it all disappearing forever? If you are, I have really good news for you. Your God says don't be afraid. It's a message that is found in all of God's word. It's a message that Abraham heard when God said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. It's a message that Joshua heard as he was about to, to go into the promised land when God told him not to be afraid, not to be discouraged, because the Lord his God would be with him wherever he went. It was a message heard by the prophets it was a message heard by Zechariah when he was told that he would be the father of John the Baptist. A message heard by Mary and her fiancé Joseph as they heard Mary would be the mother of the Christ. Do not be afraid. It was a message that those Christians heard at the tomb that first Easter Sunday, do not be afraid. It was a message Jesus brought to his disciples as he appeared to them after he rose from the dead, peace be with you. Do not be afraid. It's a message that God brings to you. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. You, you could lose everything in this life, but you won't lose Jesus. You could lose your own life to this virus, but you won't lose your God. He's the I am God. And Jesus, your Savior, is that same I am. As he said so beautifully before Abraham was, I am. This is the God who tells you not to fear. This is the God who says to you and to me, don't be afraid of anything in this life. Don't be afraid of losing your job. Don't be afraid of losing your wealth. Don't be afraid of losing your friends or your family. Don't be afraid of losing your life because in Jesus, you will never die. This life's death, earthly death, is not the end. In Jesus, you will not see death. You will live forever. Jesus, your Savior, the I am will be your God now and forever.
His sacrifice has cleansed your conscience from the acts that lead to eternal death in hell. His sacrifice on the cross means you are at peace with God forever. So do not be afraid. If we could go back in time a month and we could tell ourselves one month ago that on Sunday, March 29th, we'd be doing this, we would have laughed. None of us saw this coming. And, and I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know how long it'll be until we can gather again here together. I don't know how long it'll be before we can gather together up in the front of this church to receive the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of our sins. I don't know. I don't know how long it'll be until we can actually gather together again here. But this much I do know. Whether it's days or weeks or months, even if it's years, even if we never gather together again in this building because one or many of us die, we don't need to be afraid. That much I know. And the reason I know that, the same reason you know that, is because we, we know God's word. We know what Jesus says, and his promise to us is clear. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. This whole word is God's promise to you and to me. So do not be afraid. Cling to the promises of the I am God. And Lord willing, we will be together again. If not here, then certainly forever in heaven. Amen.